this is Clean Thought with Andrew and Nad. Today we have a special topic. We are all wanting to talk about worship and what that means to us individually and what that means to God. What what does the Bible have to say about it? Nat, are we going to offer what psychologists say about it? Well, uh, (laughs) (laughs) they prefer not to talk about it. Of course, of course. But but I have a I I studied the topic and it is a very interesting topic to me. Perfect. All right. Well, let's dive in. We're going to just have a discussion. We have uh, Nad and Ali Ressa. And myself on the show today, and we're just going to talk together about worship. One of the most unique things to me about worship is everyone has a sort of a different point of view. More specifically, worship unto God. Everyone has a different point of view because we all come from different experiences. Through our experience with God, uh, I believe we receive a different avenue or a different way or a per- more, I guess more accurately, we receive a personal way that we exalt our God. So what I was, uh, I was thinking about this topic, worship, I always like to reference the Bible and the scripture where the lady's at the well, and Jesus is talking to her in John chapter 4, and he says, there's coming a day when basically everyone is going to worship the Father, in spirit and in truth, and that the Father is seeking such to worship Him in spirit and truth. It's a very powerful verse. In this context, He's talking to a Samaritan woman, and the Samaritans are divided from the Jews, and they both separately worship on different mountains and different temples. And Jesus said, there's coming a day when... You will not worship in this temple or in that temple, but everyone will worship God in spirit and in truth, and that God is seeking for that kind of worship. Briefly, I want to just break down what worship means to me, and that just in the context of that verse, when it's talking about spirit, it is a lowercase s in uh, at least in the English Bible. For us, our English Bible, it shows us capital or lowercase to signify if it's talking about God. So interpreting this verse, I think what this means, what Jesus is meaning, is that our our spirit will worship God. To me, when you worship God, uh, you have to put your whole spirit in it. Or even the scripture that we quoted a few weeks ago, when it said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, with all thy strength. This same commandment or same scripture of Jesus, when he says to worship in spirit and in truth, he's talking about our spirit. I believe that when we worship God, it is better or even required for us to put our whole spirit into it, our whole passion, all of our all of our emotions into worshiping God. But then more than that, he says, and in truth. So the truth is not, the, here in context, 
I don't believe Jesus is talking about the truth that is found in the law. I don't believe he's talking about the truth that is found in the Psalms or in the other Old Testament verses. Because in context, Jesus didn't have the New Testament at this moment. When he's talking about truth, I believe he's speaking about reality, that we worship God with all of our passion, with all of our soul, but also while worshiping with reality, our own reality. Uh, So what I mean is being honest with yourself and honest with God. The And of course, worship is not just an event that we do on a Sunday or a Wednesday or a church service. But worship is a lifestyle. To worship God in spirit and in truth would mean that we do this as a lifestyle. So we're always putting our whole heart, everything we have into it, while also being honest with God and honest with ourselves. And while being true to ourselves, when we pray, for example, prayer is part of worship. Prayer is worship unto God. When we pray, we pray with honesty. We pray with without vain repetitions, like Jesus said in another verse. But when we pray, we are praying with our real honest, I guess with our own, our own life. We're praying honestly to God our own genuine heart and our own genuine attitude or spirit. A lot of people just pray because it's traditions. For example, a lot of people back then, when Jesus talked about vain repetitions, he was talking about the Pharisees who just prayed the same things over and over again. Or they quote uh, Deuteronomy 6 and 4, uh, they they would quote that they would say you know the same thing over and over and over and over again, and there's no reality in that. There's no honesty in that. There's no truth in that, and there's no passion or spirit in that. Hmm. Uh, so I, this is how I guess I I want myself personally want to worship God. I want to worship Him with everything that I have, and then while also worshiping with my my own reality or my truth makes sense yeah actually it, it was a very moving point of view nice i i kind of didn't look at this verse like this before and it was moving honestly oh good before i start uh, i think brother aliriza has something to share too hey everybody I'm here to share with you my testimony actually about the worship. It's, it's actually a really interesting story for myself. It's a, it's kind of a miracle that happened to me. God worked worked on me to prepare uh, me for this, uh, you know, worship. Um, I was I was a really shy person and in, and completely introvert, and I would never talk to more than two people. I could never do that. Like I would. <laughs> I would start sweating and I would lose my words and everything, <laughs> you know. And then, hey, just uh, after coming to church for a couple of years, and uh, actually after two years, we started having a worship group here. And I, I don't know how, but I said, okay, I will participate in this worship group and I stand before many people so we can sing. Back then, we didn't have a really good worship group, but... I was in there and uh, I was trying to be helpful any any way what 
they asked me to, okay, you can sing. And I said, okay, no worries. No worries. But then, you know, COVID came, all the church meetings went online, and we couldn't have the real physical church to have worship. All the worship group perished somehow. Never, n no one did the worship because we didn't have the right equipment for the online services. But in during the COVID, I started developing my skills on the music and on singing. And I started as a really, really amateur guy without any equipment singing on Zoom. Uh, if you can imagine that quality on Zoom, it's <laughs> it was really bad. But one thing that uh, kind of encouraged me or encouraged me to do this, to start developing my skills because I had zero skills, but they only told me that, okay, you have a good voice, you can sing. I said, all right. But one thing that encouraged me was one day I was worshiping God for myself. I was singing some songs, listening to some, some worship songs. And one of these songs in the lyrics, I felt kind of God talked to me and told me, you have to raise your voice and sing to me. You have to turn up your head and, uh, turn up your head and look at me. So this kind of this, the lyrics in that song, God got into me and I felt God is telling me that I want you to be on top of this worship for this church. I want you there and I need you to start working on yourself. <laughs> then, yeah, I started developing my skills and I think my first teacher was Andrew. Uh -huh. I remember Andrew those times like three years, four years ago, I think it was. Yeah. It's the beginning of the COVID. The timing difference was like... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you had to go to the work. Uh, it was kind of afternoon here. But anyway, yeah, the things that you, Andrew, started teaching me. You didn't teach me fully about music, but you taught me what is worship exactly. And I really needed that. And that started, again, to encourage me more so I can go for the learn music. I learned pian how to play piano on YouTube. So I started playing piano and singing on the Zoom with that bad quality, but people were getting blessings. The people loved it, and they, they said, we want you to do the live worship more and more and more. Yeah. So the miracle is that God worked on me. God put this on my heart, and he took that shy, that shy thing. <laughs> he took that all of those stress out, and I right now I'm singing in front of like maybe more than 20 people, one day I sang, sang uh, in the other conference. We had 55 people, I think, maybe more. But I didn't feel any stress. And I felt only the Holy Spirit is guiding me. And he was there. It was. It is really incredible, you know. I, it's it's awesome. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Actually, I think that, that that is the beginning of how we end up here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, the beginning. For me, uh, because it is kind of like my testimony as well, because it is deeply involved in how I found my faith and how I get to know the Lord. The, the beginning of the whole thing was when I was a student like long time ago and notice I was studying like about literature and different languages and I noticed that the word worship is used in the 
literature in different languages and poetry like as a very common phrase to express feeling but it not in a religious way but like to a romantic partner or to a country so it got me interested on why do we use the word worship and what is the, what was the meaning of this word at the beginning the phrase in many languages was clearly translated to bow down like to bow your head in the bible it was the more general use was to show respect but it got me interested on so what does it mean to show respect and then the claim of many religions especially like the abrahamic religions are that do not worship anything else but god to only worship him in some cases it is translated to only bow down to him but i was like interested because uh like a form of bowing down or bowing your head is very common form of greeting in many cultures especially eastern cultures so i was like does it mean that they they are worshiping each other or that, that was my core question or like if we translate it as showing respect does it mean that we should not show respect to anything else oh. and it was a like the deep conflict within me about the topic till i get to study bible and read more about it so the idea of worship is not just to show respect but is like they do use in the bible the word worship is used in several places like in genesis uh, abraham bowed down to people but the word that they use is worship the literal word uh, word is to show respect to people when he wanted to buy the grave for uh, sarai for his wife and it was very interesting to me like then what is the difference what is the kind of worship that god is saying it is only to him which came to the idea like the shema which is to you know to love your god whole heart with your whole mind and with your whole might yeah. strength which came to me as the idea of a devotion like the worship that is to god and it is only the respect or what you described as what we do in truth and in spirit like to it, that was exactly what i wanted to mention like to do the worshiping to do the devotion with our entirety like with our wholeness with everything that is in us yeah and it is a very deep devotion which then i uh this was when I, I was christian and i understand like it triggered me oh so this is what is what it means to be a believer this is what it means to have faith it means to the, to do the whole worship to do the whole devotion like it's a complete package you cannot do it half like half-heartedly and uh, it made sense to me like this is what it is it it, it doesn't mean i should not just not respect anyone else because exactly after that is to respect your parents it doesn't mean to 
not to respect anyone else. It means to have my whole devotion, my wholeness to God first. But then I went to the literature again. I went back to literature and I took a look at the rituals of different worships around the world. And the thing I noticed is that a lot of the aspects of the things we do in our daily life is actually worshiping as they were rituals of worship in a certain amount of time. Like the Greek god Dionysus, which was the god of partying, god of uh, theater, and god of wine. And when you take a look at the rituals of the worship to his temple, it was actually the exact things that he was the god of. It was to have theater, to party, and to drink wine or brew wine. And there are tons, like, not just to him, not just in Greek language, but in many languages around those eras and up to around, I think, 1,500 years after that, there are literatures devoted to appreciation or worshipping wine, or mm -hmm. the whole theaters devoted completely, the text and the whole text, the whole main idea, is completely devoted to the idea of wine, and the wine is a very deep and high ground on its own which kind of was interesting to me like the, the core idea like the name of the god is forgotten but the actual worshiping of those god that idol is still among people the same goes with the god of music the same goes with the god of wealth and we still have those rituals we still have those worshiping activities going on in daily lives of people but because the idea of worship is kind of used, the word worship is kind of used so commonly, people, or those activities are so routine, people kind of forget about it. Yeah. But to give you an example, uh, when there is a series, like a Hollywood series, a set of movies or something, when you take a look at the fan base on how they have posters in their rooms, how they study it, how they go through every aspect of the movie, details, background, and all those details. It is kind of like a very strong devotion to the whole thing. It is exactly the same thing as it is described to war. It is, <laughs> it is a part, a very big part of the reality. So, <laughs> although a lot of people. <laughs> are thinking like the worshipping of idols back then, worshipping statues, was stupid and is over. I strongly think it is much more common these days than what we actually observe. It is much yeah. more common. Yeah, uh, one of the things that has always been said in church, we say this, we preach this, we teach this, everybody will worship something. But a lot of people in on the internet or wherever will argue this. I was just reading a thread the other day about this, people arguing and just saying, this is not true. You know, I don't worship anything. I'm atheist. 
But one of the one of the ways that it was described to me, worth is part of the word worship. So W O R T H, worth. So whatever is worth being something to you, if it's worth a lot to you, then you give yourself to that or your obeisance, your commitment, your devotion to what is worth to you. In a way, I was thinking about this the other day about intimacy and about love and about I'm married. Um, obviously, I place a lot of worth on my wife. Do I do I worship my wife? No, but I love her in an intimate way. But the way I see worship is that it's even deeper than that, to which we can kind of, I guess, piggyback on this idea that you gave. Some people are ruining their lives or ruining their marriages or ruining their relationships over something that was worth more to them. You know, they gave themselves over to it, if that makes sense. Uh, does that, you know, th- th- am I making any sense to you? Yeah, of course. Uh, to add to it, well, I'm very happy that you m- mentioned the idea of marriage because in the Bible, uh, Old Testament, and then uh, Jesus himself uh, preached on this in the New Testament, and a man and a woman marry each other they become one and then uh, we have the book of songs which is a very intimate description of uh, something that but uh, most of the people interpret it as a, a relationship between God and his nation God and his church but what I'm trying to say is that in the Bible, in the definition of marriage, in the Bible, the being committed to uh, your wife, being committed to your partner, is actually a part of uh, your worship. Is the correct word? I think the correct phrase would be is mirroring your devotion to God, because because it is the same phrasing that. Uh, Jesus used to describe or in the New Testament is used to describe the relationship between uh, Jesus and his church in parables yes so yes the commitment in the in the marriage as a part of your worship the thing that I want to say is that like a lot of people are so concerned so de- devoted to their careers that is technically their worship right and it it is we can see it is ruining their lives it is ruining their marriages or drugs right right a lot of addictions act the same way behave the same way and worship is a way of yielding yourself to something or surrendering uh yourself when you worship god you're surrendering to god you're yielding yourself to god Uh, but then there's a verse i think romans chapter six when Paul's talking about yielding your members to sin or your he says don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness and he's talking about like your members your parts of your life parts of your body or even your time your time is a member of your body everyone has time so you're yielding 
you're yielding your time unto unrighteousness or you're giving your life is basically the way Paul is saying it. And he says, but yield yourselves unto God. And in a way, uh, this is talking about devotion or worship. Like devotion means you devote yourself to something or you, you're giving yourself. Uh, I am, I'm not going to live this way. I'm devoting myself to do this. I'm devoting myself to follow the word of God. Doing that is worship, devoting yourself. At the same time, on the the bad side, the dark side. <laughs> Cue the Star Wars music. Uh, on the dark side, <laughs> you 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 could also yield yourself to something that is not righteous, like you're saying. You and it, people will argue up and down to, today, but the truth is, everyone has worship in them god i think uh, believe he put it in every person uh, the bible says that he gave a living soul to adam in uh, in that soul in that that piece of man is to me is i think i believe is tethered with it is the emotions of the man the spirit of the man the attitude of the man the the worship of the man and in that living soul and we we are giving our soul to God or we're giving our soul uh, to the world or to the things of the world. You remember Jesus said, uh, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole entire world, but he, he still loses his soul? So uh, when we're talking about worship, whether they argue or not, everyone is worshiping something. <laughs> And just that's the question we have to ask or and answer is what what uh, am I devoting myself to? What do I adore? That's another I guess synonym of worship is adoration. Adore. I'm giving my adoration, my love, my my uh, entire life, my strength. I'm giving my uh, adoration to this. Or I'm give I'm giving my adoration to God. In the other way, like Ali Reza was talking about, his worship went to a different level, and he began to lead worship and helping others worship in a church service. And I will say the church service is a is a great place to learn how to worship, to figure it out, I guess. But our our intimate relationship with God has so much more value and than the church service. But I will say, the church service gives you momentum to continue your walk with God. I, I love church. That's why, that's why the Bible says, do not forsake assembling yourselves together. And do it even more so as the day of the Lord is coming. And he's, this is a commandment from Paul or in the book of Hebrews. We believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but... Because uh, when we get together, we're going to worship God. And uh, it gives us momentum for the rest of the week. I'm going to tell you some of the best prayer meetings that I have in the morning is on Monday morning. Because it's right after Sunday. I'm, my spirit is charged. My spirit is still full. And I, I want to keep my spirit full. And I do that by taking myself to, to worship God. Oh man, I'm thinking of this scripture. Uh, I actually heard it yesterday. They worship the creature more than the creator. 
you know, the scripture oh, I'm talking yeah. about. And yeah, 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 they yeah. gave... What was it? It's in the book of Romans. I, I too, read it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the same verse, exactly. Oh, yeah, it is Romans one twenty three. They changed the glory of uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds, into four-footed beasts, and creeping things. So they made idols out of everything. And but God has also given them up unto uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. I mean, this is what's happening in a lot of people's life. They're worshiping the creature or they're worshiping what has been created. That's literally what that term means it's not just talking about the animals but what has been created by god they worship that more than the creator being turned over to their own lusts but when you talk <laughs> yes. about lust you're talking about desire and somewhere in man is desire for so many things but when we finally get to a place where we find god and our desire becomes for him our hunger, our desire is, is geared to, I want God. I desire God. When we desire the things of God, this is when we start to give our worship. Our, uh, we yield our members to Him our, as instruments of righteousness. In other words, I'm going to yield myself so that He can use me to do a good thing in this world. Guys, this was good. Good conversation. Really enjoyed talking with you all about worship. Yeah, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah. But uh, we'll see you all next time on the, what is this, our fourth episode? This is our fifth episode. This is our fifth. Yeah, Number fifth. five. Uh, hallelujah. Five is up. We just need more listeners. We need more dedicated listeners. There's so many podcasts <laughs> out there. But That's you have right. found the best one. That's right. <laughs> Maybe I'm speaking a little too boldly. A <laughs> little. There's you a lot of good podcasts out very there. Very stupid person if you don't <laughs> listen to us. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, guys, I love y'all.